It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 27 of The Prince and the Pauper. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Prince and the Pauper by Mark Twain. Chapter 27. In Prison. The cells were all crowded, so the two friends were chained in a large room where persons charged with trifling offenses were commonly kept. They had company, for there were some twenty manacled and fettered prisoners here of both sexes and of varying ages, an obscene and noisy gang. The king chafed bitterly over the stupendous indignity thus put upon his royalty, but Hendon was moody and taciturn. He was pretty thoroughly bewildered. He had come home, a jubilant prodigal, expecting to find everybody wild with joy over his return, and instead had got the cold shoulder and a jail the promise and the fulfilment differed so widely that the effect was stunning he could not decide whether it was most tragic or most grotesque he felt much as a man might who had danced blithely out to enjoy a rainbow and got struck by lightning but gradually his confused and tormenting thoughts settled down into some sort of order and then his mind centred itself upon edith he turned her conduct over and examined it in all lights but he could not make anything satisfactory out of it did she know him or didn't she know him it was a perplexing puzzle and occupied him a long time but he ended finally with the conviction that she did know him and had repudiated him for interested reasons he wanted to load her name with curses now but this name had so long been sacred to him that he found he could not bring his tongue to profane it wrapped in prison blankets of a soiled and tattered condition hendon and the king passed a troubled night for a bribe the jeweller had furnished liquor to some of the prisoners singing of ribald songs fighting shouting and carousing was the natural consequence at last a while after midnight a man attacked a woman and nearly killed her by beating her over the head with his manacles before the jailer could come to the rescue the jailer restored peace by giving the man a sound clubbing about the head and shoulders then the carousing ceased and after that all had an opportunity to sleep who did not mind the annoyance of the moanings and groanings of the two wounded people during the ensuing week the days and nights were of a monotonous sameness as to events men whose faces hendon remembered more or less distinctly came by day to gaze at the impostor and repudiate and insult him 
and by night the carousing and brawling went on with symmetrical regularity however there was a change of incident at last the jailer brought in an old man and said to him the villain is in this room cast thy old eyes about and see if thou canst say which he is hendon glanced up and experienced a pleasant sensation for the first time since he had been in the jail he said to himself this is blake andrews a servant all his life in my father's family a good honest soul with a right heart in his breast that is formerly but none are true now all are liars this man will know me and will deny me too like the rest the old man gazed around the room glanced at each face in turn and finally said i see none here but paltry knaves scum of the streets which is he the jailer laughed here he said scan this big animal and grant me an opinion the old man approached and looked hand and over long and earnestly and then shook his head and said mary this is no hendon nor ever was right thy old eyes are sound yet and i were sir hugh i would take the shabby carl and the jailer finished by lifting himself a tiptoe with an imaginary halter at the same time making a gurgly noise in his throat suggestive of suffocation the old man said vindictively let him bless god and he fare no worse and i had the handling of the villain he should roast or i am no true man the jailer laughed a pleasant hyena laugh and said give him a piece of thy mind old man they all do it thou'lt find it good diversion then he sauntered toward his ante-room and disappeared the old man dropped upon his knees and whispered god be thanked thou'rt come again my master i believed thou wert dead these seven years and lo here thou art alive i knew thee the moment i saw thee and main hard work it was to keep a stony countenance and seem to see none here but tuppany knaves and rubbish of the streets i am old and poor sir miles but say the word and i will go forth and proclaim the truth though i be strangled for it no said hendon thou shalt not it would ruin thee and yet help but little in my cause but i thank thee for thou hast given me back somewhat of my lost faith in my kind the old servant became very valuable to hendon and the king for he dropped in several times a day to abuse the former and always smuggled in a few delicacies to help out the prison bill affair he also furnished the current news hendon reserved the dainties for the king without them his majesty might not have survived for he was not able to eat the coarse and wretched food provided by the jailer andrews was obliged to confine himself to brief visits in order to avoid suspicion but he managed to impart a fair degree of information each time information delivered in a low voice for hendon's benefit and interlarded with insulting epitaphs delivered in a louder voice for the benefit of other hearers so little by little the story of the family came out arthur had been dead six years this loss with the absence of news from hendon impaired the father's health he believed he was going to die and he wished to see hugh and edith settled in life before he passed away but edith begged hard for delay hoping for miles's return then the letter came which brought the news of miles's death the shock prostrated sir richard he believed his end was very near and he and hugh insisted upon the marriage 
edith begged for and obtained a month's respite then another and finally a third the marriage then took place by the deathbed of sir richard it had not proved a happy one it was whispered about the country that shortly after the nuptials the bride found among her husband's papers several rough and incomplete drafts of the fatal letter and had accused him of precipitating the marriage and sir richard's death too by a wicked forgery tales of cruelty to the lady edith and the servants were to be heard on all hands and since the father's death sir hugh had thrown off all soft disguises and became a pitiless master toward all who in any way depended upon him and his domains for bread there was a bit of andrew's gossip which the king listened to with a lively interest there is a rumour that the king is mad but in charity forbear to say i mentioned it for tis death to speak of it they say his majesty glared at the old man and said the king is not mad good man and thou'lt find it to thy advantage to busy thyself with matters that nearer concern thee than this seditious prattle what doth the lad mean said andrews surprised at this brisk assault from such an unexpected quarter hendon gave him a sign and he did not pursue his question but went on with his budget the late king is to be buried at windsor in a day or two the sixteenth of the month and the new king will be crowned at westminster the twentieth methinks they must needs find him first muttered his majesty then added confidently but they will look to that and so also shall i in the name of but the old man got no further a warning sign from hendon checked his remark he resumed the thread of his gossip sir hugh goeth to the coronation and with grand hopes he confidently looketh to come back a peer for he is high in favour with the lord protector what lord protector asked his majesty his grace the duke of somerset what duke of somerset mary there is but one seymour earl of hertford the king asked sharply since when is he a duke and lord protector since the last day of january and prithee who made him so himself and the great council with help of the king his majesty started violently the king he cried what king good sir what king indeed god a mercy what aileth the boy sith we have but one tis not difficult to answer his most sacred majesty king edward the sixth whom god preserve yea and a dear and gracious little urchin he is too and whether he be mad or no and they say he mendeth daily his praises are on all men's lips and i'll bless him likewise and offer prayers that he may be spared to reign long in england for he began humanely with saving the old duke of norfolk's life and now he is bent on destroying the cruelest of the laws that harry and oppress the people the news struck his majesty dumb with amazement and plunged him into so deep and dismal a reverie that he heard no more of the old man's gossip he wondered if the little urchin was the beggar boy whom he left